The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? Then Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. When I was a kid, my dad thought that I would 100% end up being a scientist one day. As parents often do, you know, they think, what will my children be like when they're grown? And my dad was convinced this kid's gonna be a scientist, and not just any scientist, a scientist who works in pond water. Because every time I was outside, you could find me in water, <laughs> looking at all the little fish, the macroinvertebrae, even though I didn't know that word when I was a three-year-old, and the algae that grew in shallow pools. And I stand by, even though I've chosen a different path, I stand by what my father predicted, because really, if I wasn't pursuing this job as a pastor, I would probably work at a zoo, or at least a pet store. So you can understand that when I heard we'd be doing a pet blessing today, I jumped at the chance to personally preach, because I love capybaras too. I love dolphins and animals. My family members used to joke that when I become a pastor, they looked forward to me letting people bring their dogs every week, which if carpets were not an issue, I really would entertain. 
I have had all sorts of pets. From my very first hermit crab, Lucy, who I led a funeral for when she died, to dogs, geckos, roly-polies, a tortoise, rabbits, hamsters, and many, many, many fish. I have been known to cry at the sight of a beautiful cow, and I really do daydream about living on a farm one day with many ducks, which is currently my favorite animal. Um, and I am not the only Christian who ever loved a duck, you know? <laughs> and one person who loved a duck was this guy, St. Francis, who we are celebrating this pet blessing in honor of at the start of October. Um, St. Francis is I hope you can see by now one of my favorite saints because he was a lover of animals too. And this is the icon, like I told the kids, that I keep at my own altar at home. Um, and I first got interested in St. Francis maybe when I was about 18 years old. Um, because even though there are many saints that are attributed to, saint Fran uh, to animals, it's St. Francis and St. Francis's connection to the land that makes him remembered as a Christian who emphasized that we are all in relationship with earth and all creatures. Um, in St. Francis, we remember that we are not here to rule over the land, but to take care of each other and the land. Um, and especially as we see climate change impacting our neighbors, our own lives, and animals, we have to remember that as Christians, we care alongside creation. We are a part of creation, and St. Francis, who was known to preach to the birds, to tame the wolves, and he did, he did uh, preach with ducks as well. He reminds us of all these things. But I'm sure you've noticed one thing maybe about today, um, and that is that our gospel text has nary an animal, not a duck, a rabbit, or even a dog. <laughs> Instead, we find Jesus moments after he is done flipping the tables in the temple with the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders who want to know from what authority is Jesus able to do all of this. Jesus responds asking him, well, who do you say John the Baptist got his authority from? And they struggle to answer in a way that won't also upset the onlookers in the temple. This is all a game of strategy of what we can say and how we can protect ourselves. And so they say, we don't know, even though they do. So Jesus doesn't have any of that. And he responds with a parable about a son who said he wouldn't go to work in the vineyards, but eventually he does. And another son who says, yeah, I'll go to work. And he never gets around to it. It is the first son who is doing God's will, we learn. For even though his outward words of the second son sound correct, it is the first son who, while he doesn't respond initially with excitement about getting to work, he was able to change his ways, to go out into the vineyard, and to cultivate the land. On this Pet Blessing Sunday, we can look to this scripture text to remember an important lesson about how we are to live as Christians in regard to creation. 
The message is clear. True authority comes not from empty words of our own or outward appearances, but from a genuine commitment to follow out the will of God whose authority is soul on its own. This message carries a profound lesson for us today as we consider our role as caretakers of creation. It is not enough to merely profess outwardly our love for my dog, for ducks, and for dolphins, and all of those things. But we must also embody and demonstrate that we are committed through our love to living a certain way in our care for creation. We must live as stewards for the earth. As a child, I wasn't just obsessed with pond water, but I was also probably to a too far degree worried about the environment. Today we call it climate anxiety. As a nine-year-old, I was just like, why is everyone saying that the earth is on fire and we're not doing anything about it? It was hard for me to grow up and understand all of the pain the earth was going through. And I would write like dozens of letters to my senator as a 10-year-old about carbon capping, renewable energy, and fossil fuels. It was most likely probably really endearing for Senator Dick Durbin to receive letters from this passionate child. And the passion still lives in me because it was also, while probably something that was sweet to see a little kid care about, it was also a lot of times a little startling to my friends and family that I was so concerned because I saw a world full of beautiful creation that we are called to care for. As Christians, we are called to live as stewards, to follow God's call to protect our earth. Like children called into the vineyard, we are called to care for our pets and for creation at large. And this is a call of repentance and action, where like the first son in Jesus' parable, we allow ourselves to change and walk towards a new path. We allow ourselves to change when we acknowledge the impact of pollution, deforestation, and neglect. Or when we acknowledge the inequalities that have disproportionately impacted vulnerable communities, the least of these, both human and non-human. These crises impact our human lives as well as the animals we share our homes with. As people of faith, we cannot and know we must not remain indifferent to the suffering of our siblings, even in the animal kingdom. So we acknowledge this, and we commit towards walking a new path. Our faith, which calls us to care for the creatures of the earth, leads us on that path. We move in our faith in Christ, knowing that this earth is made in God's love. We witness God's redemption and beauty all over the earth. In our beloved pets, who bring us joy, community, and humor, in the beauty of the earth, the farmlands, the vineyards, our sunrises and sunsets, even Lake Michigan, we see God making things new, calling us 
like he calls the sons of the vineyard, tender, like he calls the Pharisees and scribes to transform. And so in faith, we care for the earth. We live mindful of our consumption, growing our own foods, learning to love the earth in ways that support its health. And we commit towards a life of this, a life of stewardship, where we co-work with God and care for the land for a more just, green, and sustainable future. So, beloved siblings, here we are, beckoned out into the vineyards, into the soil, the plants, the land, and maybe the pond water, if you're like me. And as we prepare to bless our pets, we are taking time to do a small action that can lead us towards thinking differently and living differently in the call of God's will. These words we will share over our beloved pets in our memory and later in real life are more than just words, but they also carry out the way we hear God calling us into the world. We live as active participants in the healing and restoration of God's creation. We thank God for this world teeming with life. And we remember that 12th century St. Francis, as we embrace the life of compassion and humility he also modeled. We bless the earth and all its inhabitants, recognizing that we all are one family, one creation bound together by God's love. And we go forth committed to being caretakers of creation, following the example of Christ. Amen. Amen.